0: Welcome to the Cozumboosh Show! Whoa! Yeah! What up? What's up? What up, world? Howdy. How do you do, sir? I am grand. I am grand. Word on the street is that you're in a fancy house
1: with tall ceilings. I am indeed. Scottsdale. I'm at the place that, uh... kind of house that looks like they shoot a lot of, um... Hip hop videos in, or maybe a uh, retired drug kingpin who is scaling down would live in. This is the kind of uh, place I'm at, so it's pretty cool Kind so, of fancy.
0: It's like they've already been caught by the FBI, and here's your in the program house. And no,
1: no, more like you know y- you are just tired of the rat race of you know trafficking drugs, and you think that maybe this would be a time to uh, to kind of. Kind of get out of the business. And so you can't fully go to a normal house. You still have to have a, a mansion, but just not a like crazy mansion with a fountain in every uh, crevice of the backyard and that kind of thing. And instead, you just have a normal, homey nook of a mansion.
0: Yeah, I wonder how those guys slow it down. Cause like, you know, you, you, you never really get out of the mob. You know. No, I
1: think, I think by slowing it down, that means you get caught
0: or you get killed.
1: <laughs> this, this idea that I'm telling you about doesn't really exist.
0: Well, it was fun while it lasted, cause, and it was fun while the NBA regular season lasted. You see that pivot? Love it. Um, yeah, no, it's a uh, it's an interesting time of the year. We're um, coming right up on the playoffs. We have a great discussion here. Uh, when cause texted me this. Um, Uh, platform of talking here I was like uh, yeah this is good because last night's game was off the hook now I haven't had a chance to see it yet so cause who went through in an excruciating detail and watched every play and cataloged every play of this game is going to carry us during this discussion but it was it was a big game last night between the Bucks and the Sixers you had Giannis go huge I mean I looked at that stat line last night and I was just like damn He and James Harden are going at it, uh, which is great for me because I got James Harden on a high stakes fantasy team. You know, I might not be at all nervous about that, but it's it's, uh, a big uh, MVP race. So we're going to cover the MVP race in a little bit, but we're going to talk a little bit about these two teams here because the way they were playing last night, reading all the tweets and, and just sort of judging by what I would expect these two teams to do in a game like this. Uh, The Sixers trying to retain the three seed in the East, finding they're getting a little pressure from the four and five. This is why I think um, they circled this game for Joel Embiid to play. He's been out mostly because the Sixers have no control over whether or not he plays or not. So he plays when he feels like it, including in the NBA All-Star game, when he's probably not supposed to be on the floor and so they pointed at this game and they said, hey, this is a game we want him back on the floor. And they probably are feeling a little bit of heat from the Celtics and the Pacers in the 4-5 or five slot. And then on the other side, you got Milwaukee, who is just extremely interesting as a case study in a team that is, you know, kind of like unlike the Warriors, where the Warriors would just kind of cruise into the playoffs and not care. It feels like even though they're resting guys in Milwaukee pretty liberally, that they just want to get after it and and that they got this chip on their shoulder. They got something they want to prove. So that culminated in a really good game last night that cause did watch. So we'll lean on him a little bit. And, and one of the other things that you texted me that I thought was really cool was international players, like this conversation about, you know, seeing these two guys and Joel Embiid and Giannis and Titicumpo going at it the way that they are. It really did look like this was going to be, you know the, the future of the league, and and what does that say about basketball here and abroad? So um, we're gonna we're gonna dip right into this game here last night. Um, but but how you doing over there, Kaz? Are you are you living large? I'm I'm living. You, you, I'm living. you living?
1: That's good enough for me.
0: <laughs> so okay, this game last night, like um, you know what were what when you're watching this. You know, down the, the the stretch in the fourth quarter when things really heated up, you know, what was it that struck you about these two teams?
1: Um, what struck me was how um, you know we talked about it a lot um, that some of the younger players just don't really um, exude their their force, you know, and, and you you don't know they were there, you know. A lot of times you see with Jokic. He'll play, um, and I mean, he, he kind of disappeared against the two big boys, um, the Warriors and the, uh, Houston the other day. But even when he's not playing against those kind of talents, sometimes you you look at his stat line and you think, oh, he played pretty good. But then if you go back and watch the game, it's like he didn't really make you feel him. Like Giannis is just an unbelievable competitor and just does not – stop and he is playing bully ball and just the offensive boards and just like when he gets an offensive board there's no question that he's going back up like no matter where he goes on the where where he is on the floor like that that when we were younger you know when you were they're still coming off of the high school (laughs) high school's only having a three-point line for uh you know a couple of years you know 10 maybe 10 years or so and um when when you got an offensive rebound, like we used to get pulled out of the game if uh, we were in the paint and we passed the ball out of the paint. That was like, you just don't, you didn't do that. You went back up strong. And like Giannis is like doing that. Like he, there's a million times where he's so agile and so long. He gets an offensive board. He's way under the hoop, you know, and then he just like, just bumps guys until he gets in position to go up and dunk. And so, um, he He's just really really the best one of the best players in the league of um imposing his will um on the opponent and it's uh, it's really fun to watch
0: now when you were when you were playing cause you with listeners who long time listeners already know that you know you're a track sprinter you're a pretty athletic guy uh new listeners might not know that you probably had some of the best athleticism in the region and so um the you're welcome you're welcome. Uh, somebody like myself, I had good athleticism, but I didn't have that combo of being able to jump and having the strength that like a Giannis might have. Um, so I know that, you know, for me and some players, you know, in in the NBA might, you know, kind of have the same issues. Like if you caught the ball in the paint or somewhere in that vicinity to go back up strong, you have to have this sort of combo of fearlessness mixed with athleticism mixed with strength, and really, you kind of gotta be pot committed to it right away, because if you're not, you're just gonna get rejected. And right. so, what is that like? I mean, you know, the ball's traveling into your hands. You know, you're, you've jumped a mile into the air. What what are you thinking when you're trying to put oh. that back up?
1: <laughs> I well, I I can't speak to how Giannis feels about it because of uh, you know he he has a, a good you know. Nine inches on me. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, you, well, you want to, it's, it's, it's different with now the way they call the NBA, too. Um, you, how you're saying it you to go up, you have to be committed to it immediately. It's really important because, you know, back in like the 90s, you could kind of gather, bump some guys if you had to, and then go up and y- you were going to get the call. Now they, they call a lot of offensive fouls. So, um, if, you, if you try to take the time to gather um, and you may say you get surrounded by three guys, if one of them, if you, if you bump one guy and he does a, a convincing flop, it's going to go against you. So Giannis is really, for, when, he, when he gets the offensive board, he, he immediately, even if he's not going up right that second, and he's just going to do some power dribbles to get in position. He does it very, very quickly. So his first initial move is just probably a an clear and obvious offensive foul. But since he's doing it so quick and with so much authority, the refs give him, you know, give him the the, the um, that first initial bump. Sometimes they give him the second one, and then it's over. You know, there's really no if the other if another guy comes over to help, they're they're most they better let him go up, or it's going to be a foul. You know, so um, yeah, he's just I I, I can't. Uh, speak exactly to how he feels but it must be pretty fun doing it against the best athletes in the world so yeah
0: yeah yeah, i would think um and and Giannis as a talent is just this um you know it's like a petri dish we just don't know what he can be because what if he does figure out a jump shot you know what does he what if he gets the handles tight and he's able to do a step back three or something crazy like that uh, yeah. there, was a,
1: there, was a, there was an amazing sequence where he came down and he he scored, and then Embiid came back and hit a three, and then Giannis came back and hit a three. And it was just like, and then like there was a or maybe I think it started off with an Embiid score. And then Giannis, I mean, and it was a really good possession for the for Philly. They moved the ball around. And Giannis, like, there was a fast break off the make, and he Took like one dribble from the three-point line and dumped it. It was just like, what is going on? I mean, there was this great like four possession, you know, on each side with him and and B just going back and forth, and it totally reminded me of like the Larry Bird versus Dominique in that playoff game. I mean, you were it was it was literally like you were you were watching and you were thinking like, whoever has the ball last is probably going to win this game, but uh, Milwaukee was able to kind of take control of it. Um, I, I think Philly that that, that, that I'm sure went up, might have shaken them a little bit if these two meet and it, it, it seems like they're going I feel like they're going to uh, in the in the second round. Um, or the, uh, the finals, but um, it was very because uh, they had control of this game and then for Milwaukee to come back just by Will, and no Bledsoe. Bledsoe got thrown out. I was just going to say,
0: you got two glaring absences with Bledsoe three minutes out, uh, ejected, and then um, no Malcolm Brogdon.
1: No Brogdon. You know who stepped up in a big way, who was just all over the place, was DJ Wilson. Um, Just really good minutes there. Um, He is a little
0: bit of, not found money, because they're the ones that found the the money, (laughs) but like he's... uh, (laughs) He's, like, found money for them because nobody expected it. You know what? And also give them a lot of credit for Pat Connaughton. Um, yes, yes. He's been good. He didn't have a great game last night, but he's been good he's all been year.
1: Really good. He's been really, really good.
0: And and he gave up a career, in, and I know this is, like, the classic, you know, say the most obvious thing about the guy, but I just find this interesting. He gave up a career in baseball to yeah. uh, to come play basketball. Which sort of speaks to, like, which thing would you rather do? Be, like, a fully guaranteed basketball player you know, and, and not playing 162 games per year, you know, <laughs> maybe. You know, as a pitcher, life is a little bit tough. You know, I can speak to that a little bit. Like, um, you know, if it, if you're playing ball, you kind of know what you got, so you're not, um, you know, subject to the ups and downs of pitching. Maybe, um, right? Maybe he was not clear whether he could get you know major league hitters out. But I just find that really interesting. And then um, George Hill had 20 points, five boards, five assists, yeah. two three. So well welcome back.
1: Turn the, turn the clock back a little bit. They, they, so you really, you know, I've, I've not been sh- certain about whether they could come out of the East. and I, I, I still, it, it just, you just look at their roster and you're like, man, you know, if Giannis doesn't have big games and the other team brings their A game, it's going to be very difficult. But they definitely have the spirit, the intangibles, the they're not going to roll over for anybody and they, they had every excuse to last night. And um, Philly got a little disjointed in some of their uh, end possessions. They were a little bit kinda um, unclear on who should uh, be taking the shots, which was strange because Embiid was so good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> who, who was unclear on it for those of us that didn't get in just, last night.
1: <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't, it was like, they were just taking forever to get into anything, you know, like mm. Simmons, they just didn't do a very good job of kind of establishing what they were doing. So they were, you know, going against the clock. Um,
0: quite now, a big, now was this there because a defender was sagging or was this just literally like getting the ball past half court at 18 using it five seconds of, to you know more
1: like more like that and then they then they, like one possession they did move the ball around but they kind of it's like they moved the ball and I always I always want teams to do that I think sometimes when they want a guy to take a shot he goes across half court and they know he just dribbles you know like like the mm-hmm. hardened offense and then they go at six or seven seconds I always feel like they should move the ball a little bit and then get the – I mean, it's the fear is that you're not going to get the ball back. But, like, it seemed like one of these possessions, they moved the ball around, and then they, like, forgot what the set was. You know, they are like – they passed it, like, three or four times, and they're like, oh, wait, what were we supposed to run again?
0: Well, and then, you know, and, and in fairness to the Sixers, you didn't have Jimmy Butler out there. And and I think and that, they're in a weird spot here. Um, You know, they, they got – everybody – Resting kind of on an os- oscillating basis. So like, you know, it was Embiid the last couple games and then Jimmy Butler with the back issues been just sort of like kind of on the precipice of needing to rest for a while. And, and who knows with that guy, I mean, he could be in for a rough free agency like the body yeah. is is a concern. And my concern about, like, I think it's wise to rest these guys, like all of them. You know, even maybe not Tobias Harris. He might be the guy that ends up picking up the load. But you know, JJ Reddick's had seasons where he's been injured. You know, um, th- so you got these this new team. that, You know, after trade deadline, they put these guys together. If you're rotating this last week. To me, it would be a great week if everybody could just play, you know, for kind of like the Rockets are right now. The Rockets are really getting after it. They're playing all their guys' heavy minutes, even though they need a rest. They want to come into the playoffs, you know, on all gears. And in Philly, you know, you don't have Jimmy Butler, so that maybe that's some of the the issues that you're talking about there.
1: Yeah, definitely. That seems to have been when they're at their best here uh, lately. It seems that that's the, you know, it seems to be that, we're going to play through Embiid, uh, you know, down low, and then come crunch time, it's Jimmy Butler time. And that definitely – I think that's where his alpha and stuff really helps them. It, it definitely clears up a lot of issues. And it's not like he becomes a ball hawk necessarily. It's just that once the ball moves to him, he, he's he's he got his one-on-one, and he's just not afraid to to take the shot. And I think that clears up everyone's role in those things. So I think that was part of it. So but
0: what 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 is Ben Simmons' role in all of that?
1: I mean, we we've talked about I mean he's just you know, he's just a little too easy to defend if you're a smart defender, you know, without you know it's one thing that Giannis doesn't doesn't have a good shot because he can just get somewhere he needs to get and he's so long, even if you stop him at, you know, right right past the free throw line he could go go gadget arm it and still get off a decent finger roll you know but like simmons isn't nearly that that he's not as long not as athletic and he's not as strong so he is just so much easier if you've read your scouting report to sag off on so i don't know if he's gonna have to figure out if they're gonna leave him on the floor if he's gonna have to like maybe try to find a way to break guys down you know, get rid of the ball if he can create a double team, get rid of it, and then just go into offensive rebound mode. I I don't know because he he certainly can't you know reestablish himself somewhere for a jump shot. Well, that's not it's not a possibility.
0: What's so. really, we're kind of going all over the Bucks and the the Sixers board here, but um, some of the tweets and coverage of last night's game really talked about how Giannis like so that Simmons had no chance against Giannis at all, covering oh, him no. and. No, and he's-
1: he he got into his head. I mean, he was he, he was he he kind of surrendered a couple of these these um, moves down low, just like he like he bumped them once, and and Simmons like for, he's like I don't want any part of this, and just kind of moved, just kind of olate out the way and let Giannis dunk a couple. Oh, of and,
0: and it kind of spoke to like this. These are two very similarly sized players. I mean, if you wanted to take it a step further, like you know, coming out of you know, we're going to talk about international players in a little bit, but coming across to the United States, I mean, Giannis, I think everybody thought was kind of slow actually, um, it was yeah, his yeah. down, his downside and, um, that he was going to be thin and, and not be physical enough for the league. And then with Simmons, you know, you kind of looked at him like a LeBron, but sort of as a physical, um, you know, elite player. And so here we are now, you know, um, Simmons is not as developed as Giannis. You know, Giannis looks like a freaking linebacker, but like not a linebacker, like some crazy like wide receiver out there. Kind of looks like Calvin Johnson in a way.
1: You know, old school
0: Calvin Johnson, man. Like just those loping strides
1: and just like.
0: But the strength. I mean, he put on feels like twenty pounds. You know, over a good, good like twelve to eighteen month period. I've I've been more worried about that. The strength would make him lose his touch and lose some of that high-flying athleticism obviously doesn't happen yet. But um, Simmons, you know, man, if if he's not going to continue along that kind of trajectory, man, I worry for him long-term because that's like the one thing that could really just sort of put all of the shooting stuff, not to bed, but, you know, sort of off to the side, like, hey, you guys can't handle me. It doesn't matter that I can't shoot. Right, you know, we were talking about that—that—that that, that, um, you know, the explosion that Giannis has on that—that that first or second jump inside. You know, yeah. a guy like Marvin Bagley, who I get to watch up close here, he is so unstoppable with his left hand, and he gets to these spots on the interior. Um, and speaking of, you know, just going with it. He, he the minute he releases a shot in the interior, his footwork is already getting into place to be the offensive rebounder and get the put back. And that technique is really, really fun to watch. Um, it's just a case study on how to do it. But he can't... I mean, he can shoot Bagley, but that whole right-hand thing you would think would be an issue, it's just not an issue because you can't stop his left. So, um, you know, for, for, for Simmons, if he's going to continue to... And I don't want to say he looks like – he's definitely not fat. He's not, like, soft. But, like uh, – but, but I just, I, is, there, I, I, is there enough growth there?
1: I just don't – well, I think, I think he's just not and – I, and I didn't think he was athletic, as people were saying, coming out of college. I think, you know, he had, he had a lot of big rebound games in college. And I think he has really good instincts on the glass and he's good at being in the right position on the glass. And I think people kind of overanalyze that and put it to like, oh, he's this good athlete. He's just not, I don't know that he can become, I don't know how much better of an athlete he can be. I don't know how much more explosive he can be. So it's gonna be really important for him to the the skill side of it. The shooting is really a way bigger issue for him over a Bagley or a Giannis or someone with that just unbelievable spring like he just doesn't have that and so when you have those good defenders who have enough size who can who can sag and then cut them off I think you know last year he was able to get to his spots even with the sagging and it's like you know well now we got a year of film on you you know nba guys are smart they're not, you know they know they, they know how to adjust so um, he if he doesn't get this shooting to where it's at least respectable i don't expect him to come out and be klay thompson next year but he's got to be able to make he has to be able to make any everyone think that if he's shooting the ball there is a chance it's going in like he he doesn't believe that right now and no one in the league believes that
0: so it, it's and you, you it's gotta, rough man three of five last night no three-point attempts that's not very strange but in this day and age it is uh no free throw not, attempts either
1: he's 36 minutes and and, and we've talked i mean like we've talked i mean he had the one playoff game that was terrible and this was my big issue with him coming out like people. love to skate over the fact that they didn't make it to the tournament and it's like this this is what happens when you when you say someone's the best player in all of college and he can't even get his team into the top 64 it's because he doesn't know he it's like there, there has to be something where he doesn't want to take over a game so this you know so it's it's just I don't know. He, he's got to get this figured out. But he was he was in a bad space, especially on defense last night. He didn't want any part of that, Giannis kid.
0: None. Well, and and it wasn't just him either. Let's be fair. Tobias Harris no free throw attempts. Um, Mike Scott played 36 minutes and had 22 points. Didn't go to the free throw line once. Um, Reddick got there four times. The entire bench, just four free throw attempts for the bench. Scott.
1: Scott's wasn't as bad. I mean, Scott at least wanted the ball. Like, I felt at times that some of the other guys, like, especially with Simmons out there, I felt like, I mean, if you didn't know who they were, you would definitely say, like, oh, gee, man, this Mike Scott, kid he's a he's a tough player man he's he he the the Sixers man they they really uh they rise and fall with Mike Scott like he was being that aggressive as opposed to Simmons oh well, there's, there's
0: actually some talk I know that's 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 pretty much and we'll talk about I guess that in a little bit but like some folks are saying Mike Scott should start and you know bring somebody like Tobias Harris off the bench and let him eat um it th- wouldn't
1: th- be the worst thing
0: no no I'm, I'm a big fan of doing stuff like that um the, the the big player we haven't talked about though Embiid you know and and sort of like this rush of international players that we've um, that we've seen here you know we're compiling a list of kind of the top guys and you got the you know players grown in, in the United States LeBron KD Curry Harden Kawhi I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody there um, that's a, a formidable list but you know you do look like this game sort of forced you to look three, five years down the road. And you've got Embiid, Giannis, you know, Luka Donkic just entered the league and looks pretty good. Nikola Jokic, Kristaps Porzingis, um, you know, Ben Simmons, if he can pull it together, uh, Buddy Heald is, is a guy that, you know, from the Bahamas that looks really good. Um, there's a lot of, a lot, there's a few others, but the, so what, what does this mean? I guess, you know, um, you know, Embiid has this, um, I think he's, he's to me, watching him and Giannis, it, it reminded me of, like, players that have the physical advantage, the skill advantage. They got the whole package, and they're using it correctly. You know, mm-hmm. Embiid, he'll play bully ball, and I love that in today's NBA. Like, you can't really, you know, you you can't. Go small on him because he can slide. You know he too
1: many threes last night, but he too many threes last night. But he was still very good.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he falls into that <laughs> trap of trying to do too much on the perimeter, but not nearly as much as all these other guys.
1: Oh no, not even close. Not even close.
0: And and you so you have this. You know he he's not like Shack or anything or close, but he is really strong. Like if you're not covering him with a top-tier, strong, heavy five-man. Yeah. yeah. You're in deep trouble with this guy.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So, you know, the international scene is starting to produce some serious players here. I mean, what does this mean? Is there is there a trend here, or is this just sort of like, I don't know, the world is flat, and we're all, you know, getting closer to each other?
1: Uh, I don't know. I think that y- you have to acknowledge... The way that I mean from the from the European thing, well, one thing that all of the international guys have is that I think they all have a chip on their shoulder, like I think that like it's assumed by fans uh, and it's assumed by I think in some regards players that they're not going to be as good. It's a way easier game over there and you know, they're, they're not going to be tough enough for the league. And so they're all coming in with a little bit of chip, I think, that's, that's driving, you know, their training and everything. I think we do have to acknowledge, you know, the, the systems. It's a lot easier to start playing pro at a much younger age. They are concentrating a lot on skill development at an earlier age where here in America it's just play games, play games, play games, play games and you get no, then you have guys that are, you know, some of these college – I mean, the, I'm, a, you know, I'm a Michigan fan. They're point guard. He's a junior now. I mean, the guy can't hit a freaking 16-foot jumper. Gets in the lane, although he cannot hit a 16 – he can't even like, – there's no, there's no belief whatsoever that he's going to shoot the ball from 16 feet, you know, so –
0: Is it just all threes and paint? Is that, is that what's, what's he, happening he there? He can't, he,
1: can't, he can't shoot at all. He's, he's just paint. So I don't even know how he's able to get into the lane. <laughs> he can't shoot at all. So um, it's just so we we have to look at that. You know, acknowledge that. You know, maybe it's time for in America to start. You know, scaling back some of this
0: ridiculous. You know, some of the AAU shot. stuff with so the, the, the games yeah, and, and it, the traveling circuits.
1: You can't. You if you're if there's something wrong with your shot, you can't fix it on the fly. The only thing that's going to fix it is get in the gym. And taking those hundreds and thousands of shots every day it, correctly, you know, and maybe that has some, you know, if you're fortunate enough to have a a good shooting coach that they could, you know, break it down step by step. But that's a that that takes a, and you can do it, and and that's a funny thing about a jump shot is you can fix it really quick and improve it really quick, but you have to do the work. And I just don't think enough kids are 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 getting the opportunity because we're, they're all being told that. If you're not playing, you know, 50 games in the summer that no one's going to see you and you're not going to get a college scholarship. And,
0: you know, not- what's really interesting about that is being older now. I remember feeling that way, you know, in the baseball circuit, you know, just sort of <laughs> like get out there any way you can. And especially back in the day, because, you know, there was no social media, no Internet, really. And you know, you just like the the newspapers. You just wanted to make the newspaper type thing, right. <laughs> and um, so I get that feeling. You know, like yeah. I, I had that feeling, but now, man, it just being a little bit older, you. It's like if you've got the goods, you got the goods. So go right. out and get I mean, the goods.
1: You know? If you're a, if you're a six eight athletic freak, and you only played in twenty games in the summer, and then you go play for your high school team, and you're averaging a you know 25 points and 17 rebounds i think that someone's gonna hear about you you know i think i think that i don't think that that uh, it's gonna go across cheshevsky's desk of a six eight you know 230 pound freak who's averaging 25 and 16 he's gonna go i don't know if he's worth seeing yeah, right well <laughs> and,
0: like how <hell>, you can <laughs> walk up to a g league kind of g leagues do open tryouts you know yeah. like you could walk up to one of those and just be like hi i'm here <laughs> and, yeah. and then, you know probably at, you'll have like five nba teams you know with good scouting departments that that know about you um but that's and we talked about this yesterday Is like we're not gonna get too deep into aau stuff but um the 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 business of basketball in the united states is heavily driven by shoe contracts which filter down into these lower levels and incentivize teams to be built you know like kind of businesses you know there's a lot of nba players that have involvement in this stuff there's a lot of you know agencies that sort of like move people towards the places that they want you know, to try to get clients from, you know, it's, it's this big business of basketball that under the shroud of um, amateurism, you know, cause you got the NCA, you got the NBA with their collective bargaining agreement on a bigger level, calling all of these shots. The, the idea that you've got to go sign up for one of these kind of like prospect factories is right. driving it all and in in Europe, you know, they're just smarter than us. As I just want to cry and like put my hand my head in my hands right now. Europe is smarter than us and um you know, they're just kind of letting these guys do their thing. So yeah. when, you know, you see a Dirk Nowitzki and his coach and I always forget how to pronounce his name, but Holger, you know, yeah. travel with him and you just sort of see why these guys come across in some cases and they're just really skilled and that's and i remember um you know you talk about mechanics with shooting like oh man mechanics are the worst like somebody tries to mess with your mechanics it could be weeks or months before you're right again and but it's it's like one of those things where you got to take your medicine if you're if you're ben simmons right now and you've got a screwball for a jump shot, you know. And you're bringing your arm up and twisting your elbow, and then your hand is twisting while you're shooting the damn ball. Right. And it's throwing like a curveball at the hoop. Um, yeah. That's going to be a three-four month process of shooting. Right. It's going to feel like you've never shot a basketball before. Absolutely. So these guys don't want to do it in these games because you know why? If what happens if I go zero for fifteen, you right. know. That right. kind of thing. And in, in, in Europe, they've got, you know, a little bit more of a, a coaching system. So, yeah, I mean, they,
1: they have, you know, they don't waste. Oh, I don't want to say waste. <laughs> but, you know, even their education system is set in a way that, like, you know, you're not, you know, they, they, don't, they don't lie about student athletes like we do here. They're not. If you're a guy who's 6'6 in the eighth grade, he, he ain't going to a whole lot of school. You know, you're you're getting into these academies, these basketball kind of factories, and, and and they are moving you to be a pro. They don't without the the faux. Uh, well, he's gonna go to college and uh, he's got to No, they're like, dude, this is a basketball player. We're gonna teach him some stuff, but we are gonna be like working skills. If they don't have the restraints of the NC two A, you know, they put in a six hour day of basketball over there and they don't think twice about it because that's what the kid is going to be as opposed to here where we say well you can only practice for two hours because you have to go to wink wink school and you know not not (laughs) develop yourself at all and meanwhile they're still not getting the education and they're not getting the proper skill set so it's a it's a it's, double it's, it's a double whammy. Also, we can keep the facade of student athlete going. You know, it's ridiculous.
0: It, it's almost as if the institutions are corrupt cause.
1: It's, oh, it's, oh, if, you, if you look at it, you, you <laughs> might even think that you might think that one that a couple of these colleges and a couple of these high schools actually don't have the kids best interest in mind. It's Man, crazy.
0: That that's shaking my day. I might not recover from that. <laughs> Um so let's quickly let's okay, so we saw these two teams do battle. Um, you know, I'm 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 gonna can I just stick my foot in my mouth right now? Just the, the yeah. heat the heat having a chance against the Bucks, like Ugh. maybe it could happen, but like No no, no I don't that. know about well, that well, anymore. Well,
1: let's not let's not go crazy if it's the heat. I yeah, mean, yeah to- it
0: could be it could be the Hornets <laughs> if they go on a run.
1: I mean Orlando is not they're not giving in. I mean they they are the eighth they are the eighth right now. They're they're not giving in. I mean those guys are playing carefree and you know they got a good coach that you know it's it's not it, it would be something if Miami doesn't even Oh, well, they play. also
0: have and it wouldn't matter, but they have Jonathan Isaac and that's kind yeah. of an interesting. I don't think, but he's a little too light for Giannis right now. Giannis is Giannis is at another level. We're going to talk MVP here. Um Actually, like right now. Um, But Jonathan Isaac, to me, would be a fun cover on on Giannis in a playoff series. Um, But, yeah, no, that that heat thing, I don't know if I'm going to go there anymore. Um, (laughs) And the Warriors look like they've locked up the one spot. So, uh, you know, there's nothing to talk about with a 1-8 in the West.
1: Let's just real quick on the, uh, the the last week for the Warriors in Houston doesn't it just like within a week, doesn't it feel like that's destined to happen again? And that's, that's Oh gonna yeah. Be I
0: mean, you know, let's quickly like, spin. They
1: have, both, they have both just decided that like, let's lock up, you know, let, let's, let's, let's get ourselves together here and just have looked unstoppable. And it just seems like it's just every, all the talking we've been doing about other potential teams in the West. It's like, now it's Houston. the Warriors again. Well,
0: and so the West standings are, are pretty cool here. So, um, you got the Warriors 2 games ahead of the Nuggets with a tiebreaker so that's pretty much decided. The Nuggets probably not going to lose, you know, one and a half games in the standings to the Rockets. The Rockets are going for it. Um, but you got the Blazers they're half game behind the Rockets. They're obviously limping with the loss of, of Yusuf Nurkic. But so like Houston currently in the 3 slot, that would put put them, you know, on pace to play the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. But if they got a couple losses and then they had to play them Sooner um, in the second round, that would be interesting and maybe even better for them because they might not get exposed for their lack of depth. Um, Oh, I I
1: mean, how how, how many years in a row has Chris Paul not finished a season?
0: I mean... uh, It's too many to count, it feels like.
1: Maybe three, maybe four, the last five. I mean, I think I mean I think we've talked about this before. I mean, I think the sooner they get to the Warriors, the better. You don't you don't want to start losing games, but I don't know if there's a way they can maybe if Harden wants to rest. I don't think he does. Well, that, so I don't he
0: think wants, he wants to rest. That's you know, uh, I,
1: I think he's really going to try to charge here these last couple of games and and get that MVP. But um, yeah, you I mean I think it's I think the the sooner they face him, the better. But you know, it doesn't seem like that's in the cards. You know.
0: Well, I mean, we'll just have to see. Portland is getting after it. They got four games left, Portland, so they can make some moves here. You know, in the standings, if they, you know, they're they're just a half game back in the win column. Um, But the Western Conference playoffs are, if it ended today, it might be a little anticlimactic because you you got the Warriors and the Spurs and the one versus eight. We know how that's That's going to go. That's Denver. yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And then Denver versus Oklahoma City. Now, Denver's 4-0 and against Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City put them out of the playoffs the year before, and I, I think okay. a lot of people will think Denver's at risk there. Um, Say again? I think a lot of people will think Denver's at risk against Oklahoma City, though Oklahoma City, 3-7 and in their last 10 games, not winning any awards right now for coming into the playoffs. Hot. Um yeah. But then you got the Rockets and Clippers, which is a fun little series because you got all these players that used to play for the other team. Um, so that'll and, be interesting. But, but
1: I think the Rockets, were, they showed me a lot in that game by just coming out and housing them. You know, I thought –
0: Yeah, I think, they, like, you know, they, I they knew what that, they were doing that, there.
1: Yeah, they, that, was a, that was a mental, mental jabs being like, I know you guys are tough. I know you guys are going to play hard, but you're not in our class and we're going to show you right now. So get ready to get get housed in the playoffs, too. So we'll
0: see. <laughs> and then you got the Blazers and the Jazz. So, I mean, 4-5, or five, the Jazz are going to take that because, you know, Rudy Gobert is better than NS Cantor And, you know, it, though it's funny, you might think, hey, Portland could come into this playing with house money and be a little dangerous in that respect. But so the playoffs really do line up towards Golden State and the Jazz in round two and then houston and whatever team between the the nuggets and the thunder come out of that game and it just starts to feel like we've seen this before you know and then you know golden state can do whatever they're gonna do to the jazz and and move on and, and ultimately play the rockets so we're gonna get that rematch it seems and um that that's a little bit paint by numbers in the west in the east i don't know Kind of like the the six through eight. What's going to happen there? It's actually six through. I mean nine, if if um, you know ten, if you want to count the Hornets. But I don't really think that they should count in here. Um, yeah. It's the top, though. It's the Milwaukee, the Toronto, the Philly, and then Boston and Indy are tied at twelve and looking like a four or five matchup there. I mean, anything last night change your pick? You you, you got an well, you got still, an angle. I, st-
1: I still don't have a pick because I'm not. I'm, I'm I got a. See the official matchup i just I just was really impressed by the the mental state of where Milwaukee was you know um that was a bad loss for Philly, you know, even though they didn't have Butler that was still a bad loss, plus they got good games from uh you know getting those that, that kind of a game from Scott and redick to kind of and the NBA, to kind of waste it you know was um
0: well, it just wasn't good i mean but, you can't you
1: can't, you can't but, waste those kind of games when you have when you get those kind of performances from your role players you just can't kind of waste that
0: real so. quick on the um on some numbers here the point differential for Milwaukee is 9.3 points they they've won their games this year by an average of 9.3 points that smokes the field and point differential isn't like the end all be all but it is a pretty damn good indicator of how good a team is rolling and um you know the warriors for example are at 6.4 so yeah. the Raptors are at six. That's kind of... The, the Bucks have been just putting a, a smackdown on teams. They're about to win 60 games. And somebody said on the internet, I think it was um, Andy Glockner, it was that Coach Budenholzer has now taken the Hawks and the Bucks to 60-win seasons. <laughs> that is... I, I mean, incredible. they got the players, they got the coach, they got some holes in their lineup, don't get me wrong. But... Man, those are some numbers that are hard to argue with. It's going to be a tough decision coming out of the East. Philly, this is a big loss for them. I think it will stick with people, you know, as they make their picks because you know going on the road where the Bucks are twenty seven and fourteen this year, and doing that to a team in the Sixers who are thirty and ten at home. Yeah, that is really impressive. So I don't know. I won't put you on a pick because we got. Let's. This is a tougher pick. Yeah, got MVP stuff. What yeah, I, I always yeah. find this to be the, one of the stupider discussions of the year, only falling <laughs> short to coach of the year because people who don't watch basketball or don't know anything about basketball start weighing in on narrative <laughs> and this and that. And it's just like there's one guy on the Internet who tweets relentlessly about it, and he's kind of a big, big Internet Twitter guy. And I'm just like, I don't care how many games you say you watched film on you're still just not a good basketball analyst. Please for the love of crumb cake, shut up. For the love of crumb cake. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, it's MVP talk. So, um I think I do think this year is a good conversation. You know, I think that it's it's boiled down to two guys, James Harden and Giannis, and they offer these contrasting games. So, I mean, where where do you where do you start when you try to untangle all of this?
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, Harden's having an unbelievable scoring year. And then when you look at the um injury situation, you know, losing Capella, losing Chris Paul, um, for the, the stretches that they have, I mean, it's pretty incredible that they're sitting here in the three. Um, you know, he's carried them and um I feel like he had, you know, a better, I, feel, I feel like he's had a better season than he had last year. Um, so, you know, the the argument for him is a very good one and it's not, you know, it's not – it's just a really good argument. The With um, the Bucks, you know, obviously you see the future in Giannis and he's carried this team. He's He has – whenever they play a good team, he has to play extremely well um there's some good players on that team but there's definitely not another star you know there's not even a like perennial all-star really there's the guys that might get an all-star game here or there in their career but you know there's not like a there's not another his number 2 is far worse than any contending teams uh their the number one players the the number 2 on those teams so um it's been amazing what in and the whole season it seems like everyone's been waiting for the you know the 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 floor to fall out from under these guys and he solely will not allow it to happen um and the numbers are there too and his impact on the game defensively is there too which you don't have with Harden so um it's an interesting... It is an interesting conversation. Um, I'm one of those I don't care kind of uh, people. Um, so uh, I don't have a, I don't you, have you, a gun you, in my head. You, you,
0: you don't care, meaning... You don't care about the award or you don't care about the conversation? Uh, both. I mean, I don't know. The <laughs> conversation... Can, I, it can't be... The conversation isn't... I, I, you know I, why I, I care, care, care about the award more than anything? Because... <laughs> I think they get it wrong every year. And I think the the best player doesn't get the award.
1: Well, that rarely happens if the best player gets it. I think that I only doesn't that matter. Well, I mean, if, if the best player, I mean, the best player has to put himself in a position to get it too. I mean,
0: um, I think that's fair. I think that, that what you're saying is that there are some of the elements of the, whatever it's narrative or whether it's, it's the narrative makes it sound cheap, but like it's, um, elements of putting yourself into a position like you said like i think that stuff does matter like if your team is 10 and 72 but you had the best numbers the league has ever seen right maybe there's an issue with that <laughs> yeah,
1: and and i and i feel the only reason i think it's important it is important because i think it's important to the guys i think because in the future people that don't watch a lot of basketball even like experts they'll they'll be when they argue about who's better <laughs> than this guy, they go like, "Well, this guy won two MVPs," and it's like, "Yeah, but do you remember Well, there's financial
0: incentives attached to it now as well."
1: That's true. That's that's very true. That's that's probably more important to them right now. But um yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where like like with Harden, you know, won the MVP last year, deserved. If he gets it again this year, he's des- he deserves it, but I don't care about the MVP for James Harden. I want to see him do it in the playoffs. He he has been – he's not a guy that like, you know, some of these LeBron series against the Warriors when you can watch his play and be like, well, there's really nothing else he could have done, you know. That's not the case with too many Harden playoff series. Too many times he has been a critical reason why either OKC – or the Rockets have been bounced out. Like he, his play, he's not, he's not going in there slinging his thirty and you know getting all over the place. And then the other guys let him down. He has been the guy that has let the team down in too many instances. So I don't care how many MVPs he lines up, you know. I want to see him do this in the playoffs.
0: Well, okay, and and I think a lot of people share that opinion. Um, so Giannis is speaking of narrative like he did win last year James Harden so like that could be one reason Giannis gets the vote here um i think there's a lot of anti James Harden sort of backlash in the nba mostly because and and we talked about this a lot you know that step back 3 and the fouls he tries to draw push the limits of the game the way it's refereed the whole bit and giannis has that i mean i don't know if you saw the clip this was just amazing Giannis there's he's doing the signing with the fans this little girl walks up to him I mean that is just like I mean Giannis is as as far as kind of like in the in the last 10 years players who have had the media on a string like Kevin Durant which is funny Kawhi which is funny (laughs) Giannis but Giannis is like we say this for every single one Giannis is like the real deal you know he Appears to be genuinely gracious, grateful for where he's at. He he kind of looked at that little girl was like really moved by that, and, and you know just an authentic human being that's working his ass off. So, and he's in it, and in many ways, he's not trying to beat the game the way that James Harden is trying to beat the game. So that kind of backlash, I think. If I had to predict today, I think I'm going to predict that Giannis wins it.
1: I think so too, and I and I think that it's. I think that it's unfair about, you know, everyone's mad at the style of play. Right. Those are not
0: valid reasons.
1: They're not valid reasons. I mean, like, they, they have – I hate that style of play. But they have – when you have guys like Tucker and – I love know, that Lashley.
0: style of play. I just want to put that out there on the record.
1: Ugh, I, 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 nah,
0: I, no, I, just... I, I, don't, I don't like the, the way it looks. I just like the control he exhibits and the tempo he puts onto the game.
1: No, that's that's fine. I just I just think that from a from a perspective of making life easier for himself and for others, I and, and this falls on the D'Antoni. You know, I just think you got to move the ball. I mean, I just I think at the end of the day,
0: they having, look so bored out there. Having his teammates having, like
1: five guys, <laughs> having five guys watching one guy. I mean... Just, I, I mean, like, what do you say? Like, this
0: is they've been you, conditioned out of it, like, but they still look so pissed. <laughs>
1: like, see, when you're like, you're like an Eric Gordon, you know, and you've been like, you. I mean, God knows what kind of ungodly numbers he had in high school, and he was a really good college player. And then, like, could you imagine, like, when he's like talking to his dad, you know, uh, after the game, he's like, he, he's, his dad calls him up, he's like, "Hey, how'd you do, son?" He's like, "Oh, well, you know, uh, the first quarter, I stood in the corner." For about eight minutes, and uh, I got I got a shot, and then you know it was really good. I, I ran down, and I I uh, I got to dribble three times, and then like seven more possessions. You know, I stood in the other corner, and like you know, what do you what do you say?
0: He's <laughs> one of their top guys. I mean, like imagine being PJ Tucker, <laughs> who I know PJ doesn't carry; just wants to hit people, but like right. uh, luckily they haven't. A- I don't know, like, I I always just crack up with uh, Rivers. Like, Rivers, because he's he's so out there, you know. Kind of like when we were doing our international versus United States, we didn't know where to put Kyrie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, Rivers is that guy. He probably is champing at the bit to get some shots and uh, has to deal with all that. But it's boring, you know. I get it. I get it. I get that when he games the game and gets a call from a ref and it's not the right call because they don't know how to officiate him, a la Shaq. You know? Which is
1: weird, though. I mean, how? even if you want to, like, say you've, you've acquiesced in the travel step back to
0: him, right? Which is dumb, like, by the way. I think that that is, is a, part, absolutely I mean, a part of this conversation.
1: Oh, and, and what it's doing, like, I played, I was stupid and played basketball with a bunch of 20-year-olds uh, a couple days ago. The amount of step-back jumpers...
0: That they're was, trying out there?
1: Oh, my God. It was the worst. It was the well, worst. Like, you can't make a layup and you're doing a step-back jumper. Like, come on. Um,
0: so, like, I mean, so I want I do want to hold that against James Harden. Like, I, I don't think that, like, when travel. you've – The travel. Like, I don't think that because you've developed this move that's unrefereable, yeah. you know – like and it's not you just got to call it it's not. you just got to call it <laughs> they've 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 like you said acquiesced to this and you know what it's done is it's made like you know Zach Lowe's great basketball analyst you know uh, top of the game um he did this highlight of James Harden's floater like he's got a floater now and it's like because the step back is such a threat he is able to dribble kind of just casually by you know a defender yeah. and go into this wide open lane and the mate to make the floater, he's not going to get in the playoffs because everything will be a lot tighter, but it's just like a kind of, I'm at the park on Sunday floater, like nothing, you know, there's no challenge to it. And yeah, he's probably getting better at it. Um, and that's the way you got to defend him. You got to make him shoot mid range and, you know, on the run and, and before he gets to a layup and as Zach, so astutely pointed out, you also got to protect against the Capella lob. And that's, you know, the, Every time down the court, it's the same exact thing. Same exact thing. So, but I do want to hold it against him because it's um, to some degree it's made him more effective. And then on the other side, Giannis is doing it on both sides of the floor. Um, yes, that's the big key there, and and really kind of in multiple phases as well. Not just offensively, not just defensively, but you've got the glass. You've got the fast break. You've got every play he disrupts in weird ways that the box score can't account for. Right. And with Harden, I mean, it hasn't been this way all year, but I mean, watching him against the Kings, some of the defensive stuff that he put on film was just outright embarrassing, which I know a lot of people roll their eyes and go, yeah, well, I mean, this is James Harden. This is what we're talking about here. He's not always like that. No. Um, but, but now he's clearly conserving his energy and gunning for the MVP award. I think these two go at it the rest of the way. You know, Giannis, probably just because he doesn't have a regulator and, you know, he's just going to keep going and keep going and his teammates will probably encourage him. Bud will probably encourage him a little bit to get out there and get that award. Um, but it's going to it's going to motivate James Harden. I think James Harden, you know, you're going to probably see a 60-point game here, you know, <laughs> down the stretch. Um, so... Your vote? Are you gonna make a pick on MVP? Yeah, I'm,
1: gonna, I'm gonna go with Giannis. I'm just not gonna give it. I'm just. I'm You're I, just bored with uh,
0: it. Oh And then, and, and again,
1: the defense. I mean, you can't. I mean, since when has that been a thing? Like this is a this is a completely new and it's very and it's, it's just really bad on the on the press's part. <laughs> you know, this is not football. You have to play both ends of the court. You know, you can't you can't say, oh well, he sucks because he's trying to conserve his energy. He's got Chris Paul on his team. Okay? He, it's not like he's playing with a bunch of, you know, he's not playing with a bunch of blind third graders. He he can play a little defense. <laughs> the offense will be okay without without him having the ball every second, okay? Hey, no. hey,
0: hey how'd that how that game against those 20-year-olds go? Oh, dude. Let me tell you,
1: let me tell you. It's kind of like uh like you can see everything on the court happening. Like there was a, there was a loose ball that I was like. I, I, I took a. I was like I could get that, and I took this first great step. And like as I was as I was going for step number two, like the kid had it in his hand already. And I was like, and I was like, so upset with myself that I wasted those two steps. I'm like, like that. Those two steps I'm gonna feel in the morning, and they were so unnecessary because even though I was way closer to that ball, I had no chance of getting it it was it's pretty incredible
0: that i had that moment and it kind of ended my basketball (laughs) like i ain't gonna do it anymore because your mind is so fast and your body is so slow and it's just never gonna happen again i I do want to join a 40 and over league though That, that would
1: be there's not enough of them though like there's the 30 and overs and that's i mean i feel if i get in shape enough i think i could i could be on the court with 30 year olds but, like, I'd prefer a 40-year-old league.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I might need a 50- or a 60-year-old league, but, uh, yeah, I, I need to get actually in shape enough to actually last for a game yeah. on the court. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for the show. We're uh, up against the time deadline here. We're going to um, do another show, I think, in the Thursday-Friday gap before the playoffs, so watch out for that. Follow it on hoop-ball.com, on twitter.com, slash, K-O-Z-A-N-D-B-R-U-SHOW. And on Facebook, where Kaz has been active and hilarious. Facebook.com slash K-O-Z-A-N-D-B-R-U show. Another one's at the books, folks. Peace.
1: Peace.